Welcome to the Pumping Irony Podcast. Um, this is a new episode. I think it's episode 27, 28, sure. or somewhere around there. Um, this is a podcast where our three friends, all living in Columbia, Maryland, talk about things we like and dislike. I'm Tim. And I'm Andrew. And today we have a special guest for the first time, our friend, Michael Gill. Hi. Also known as Mike Wazowski. Yes. <laughs> um, real quick fact, he does not live in Columbia, Maryland, but under the guise of this podcast, he's now an He's honor. currently in Columbia, Maryland. He is currently so in Columbia, Maryland. So we are three people right? in Columbia, Maryland yes. talking about things. Right. <laughs> um, so it counts. Russ uh, was not able to record with us today, so we invited yeah, our He's at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, something really lame. <laughs> Um, so we invite our friend Mike, who we've been talking to about, and who is a uh, avid listener of, of Pumping Irony Podcast. Avid is strong. I've listened to one and a half. Okay, so. all right. So you listen to that episode and a half avidly. <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> it. Enthusiastically. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, so why don't you tell the folks out there on the on the interwebs a little bit about yourself, just like a 30-second overview of your life. Uh, sure, sure. 30 seconds. I can do that. Uh, yeah, so I'm a teacher. Okay. Uh, by profession, and then on the side, I kind of just mess around uh, with different uh, things, like trying to make a board game. Right, we talked uh, a little bit about that before yeah, we recorded. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I dance, I'm a swing dancer. Okay. <laughs> and I, I got Andrew to come along last night. We, uh, Which he emphatically denies. This will be edited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there you go. So my wife and I, yeah, we... we dance uh regularly so okay cool i've always liked to wanted to learn to swing dance but i'm just not that coordinated so never never tried and yeah. now i'm old i don't claim to be coordinated okay all right well uh, we're gonna um jump in with a little bit of news and notes and we always bring some star wars news and notes and the only star <laughs> wars news i know is that the last jedi is out on dvd and blu-ray and digital so it's been released digital for a couple weeks now but i have in my hot little hands right yeah. now the uh best buy exclusive steelbook edition of the last jedi it's actually out in 4k blu-ray it is and dvd right is that it, the one you got no, because I don't have a 4K television. Neither do I. Still bought it. <laughs> is it in, is that in 3D though, or is no? It, no, it's just yeah. What's, what's 4K? Help me out. Uh, it's it's better than uh, oh. HD. Oh man, there's always something like, better than. Yeah. So like, if you have like the yeah. latest iPhone, like, well, do you got yeah. the iPhone 10? Because that's better than your yeah. iPhone. That's no, like four times the resolution of 1080p. Great. So wow. great. Now now we just need the the eyes to see it better, right? Yeah, well, that's more for 8K. 4K you can kind of see well, but 8K is coming out. Like, it's, like it's, you know, getting better and better. Are they really coming out with 8K, though? I mean, oh, yeah, there's already 8K TVs and stuff. There's really? just not, like, 8, 8K, like, yeah. Wow. Or, like, maybe 8K projectors, like, yeah, okay. it's coming. But, like, for that one, you can barely, like, the human eye can barely tell the difference. You just add a cone <laughs> to our eyes to enhance it. Yeah. Like, inject one. But it means you can sit really close to the TV. <laughs> so, there you go. it's better. Oh, okay. It's better. <laughs> 
when you All couldn't right. sit that close before. Well, it would look grainy. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. So I have not yet delved into the um, the Blu-ray, uh, all the extra features. I know that there's like a almost a two-hour documentary about Ryan yeah. Johnson about like making it, and it does come with his, his complete commentary on the movie, which I'm excited. Um, to listen to because I know with the Force Awakens it wasn't until the 3D version that you got I think a yeah. commentary from by J.J. Yeah. Abrams. I actually like I haven't done it with all my Blu-rays but I've done it with a few to listen to the like the director's commentary, mm-hmm. cast wow. commentary. They're interesting sometimes. Yeah. I've heard that uh, uh, Mark Hamill's beard looks phenomenal in 4K. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's a real each, selling point. You can see each strand. Yeah, like, moving you can and... see what he ate for lunch in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So, but are you planning on getting a 4K television anytime soon? Or? I don't know if anytime soon, but like, I'm like, well, at least it was like an extra five bucks or something. So, oh, okay. I figured, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, I don't need a DVD version. I know with some like Blu-rays, the only way you can get a th- the 3D version is if you buy like the 4K version, and it comes with like a 3D version. I know. I think there's a couple of them I bought. Like, I actually bought the 4K version just because I wanted it in 3D. Mm. And um. So. No, all the 3Ds are, they've moved beyond red and blue and gone to oh, polarized. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they got special glasses. Yeah. Um, and um. the only problem is that they mine are like rechargeable and they, they don't hold their charge that much. And so every time I want to watch it, I'm like, don't, I didn't charge it. <laughs> so I got to plan it out. But but my son and I are currently trying to go through the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe Rewatch through before Avengers Infinity War, oh. and then a bunch of them are in 3D, so I might have to make sure my glasses are charged up by the time we get. I think starting maybe in with the Avengers, I think I started buying the 3D version. So you're watching yeah. Thor in this, but you're not watching The Incredible Hulk. No, so we've gotten through Iron Man and Iron Man 2, and Thor's next, but yeah, we have skipping yeah. Incredible Hulk. Interesting. Because. Why? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have it doesn't have Mark Ruffalo, so I immediately reject it for that reason because he's <laughs> a far superior Bruce Banner than he, any he, other he, other ones before Ed, that. Ed Norton, yeah. Um, I mean, and it only I guess loosely ties to the to the Marvel Cinematic Universe with. Um, Isn't that the first the, appearance? The General of... Ross, right? He's the only guy that you see ever again. Yeah. But isn't and, that the first appearance? Isn't Nick Fury at the end? Yeah, of that? he's at the very yeah, end the, of that. In the Marvel Universe, the Incredible Hulk is the first one. Like no, no, no. Iron, Iron Man. Man. Iron Man is the first no, one. Thought, oh, well, yeah, no, Iron Man. Goes. Yeah, Iron Man came out first. And I just rewatched it, and that, that was the big thing when they're talking about it. It's like, you know, Samuel Jackson shows up. Yeah, I went year. out of my mind in the theater. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. And that was like, they talked about that. I think it was actually the, the background on Iron Man 2, because then they can look back and, you know, at Iron Man, and that was like the big secret and they were trying to keep it a total secret and yeah it, it actually worked i think people like freaked out because no one no one knew that he was going to be in it i don't think actually i don't think anyone in the, in the besides like robert Downey jr anyone in the cast knew wow because you know the principal cast it was only like the people who are filming it and robert Downey jr and of course you know john favreau knew and producers knew but as far as like most of the other people they didn't know that Samuel Jackson was going to show up as Nick Fury. Yeah, it was cool. Like, we were just hanging out in the theater, just, like, talking. Whatever. We didn't know there was, like, a post-credits thing. We were just, like, you know, How many, hanging out. Was it, just... What was the first movie with a post-credits scene in the Marvel Universe? I think it was Iron Man. I mean, if you're talking about, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's what I mean, yeah. Like, Iron Man was the first one out of all the movies. So, uh-huh. yeah, it was Iron Man. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. 
All right, well, we're going to get a jump in right into uh, talking about things uh, we like. We go around, um, and then we take a short break, and then we talk about things we dislike. So this time, I'm going to go first with my like, and it is kind of fresh in my mind because I just watched it last night, but there is a documentary that HBO showed. I think they started in, like, actually, it's a couple months old now, but I had recorded it in the beginning of February and just now um, caught it back over with it. But it's called May at Last, A Portrait of the Abbott Brothers. Um, it was mm. produced by Judd Apatow and um, and directed by, um, uh, I forget the other, the, the co-director. Uh, I've never heard of him before, but I've heard of Judd Apatow before. Um, but are you familiar, Mike, with the with the uh, Abbott Brothers? Have you listened to them before? Yes, yes, I okay. have. Okay, so I've gotten that far. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, they're a band from, from North Carolina, Concord, North Carolina. Two brothers, Scott who's older and his younger brother Seth and then obviously there's other members of the band but that's what it kind of started out with those two and then they brought in Bob Crawford who plays like the upright bass and um and they were three piece for the longest time and then they recorded the album called Emotionalism and for that they had like strings and and Joe Kwan was one of the guys who came in and played cello just on one song and then he ended up playing cello on like seven songs and then they kind of like made him um, a permanent member of the band mm-hmm. um so this documentary is kind of starts, I think, in like 2014. It kind of follows them as they record their the album that came out in, I think, 2016 called True Sadness. Um, this documentary, I think, premiered at last year's 2017 South by Southwest and got a good buzz. And then I think HBO finally like picked it up and they um, broadcast it for the first time, I think, at the end of January. Like I said, I caught up with it in February and it's been sitting on my DVR for the longest time knowing I wanted to watch it. Um, because they're a, they're a really, really good band. Um, and they're re they're an exceptional live band. Mm. Uh, I think they're one of these bands who you need to see live to really get the full. Uh, agreed. Um, yeah, we saw them at, um, what was that festival? It was um, Virgin Fest. Virgin Fest. Yeah. We saw them there and that was the first time I saw them live and it blew me away how much energy they, they bring. Um, but it's uh, for those who are not familiar, they are kind of um, a genre-crossing band. They're like I said, they're from North Carolina. They actually started out. Both of them started out on like these like punk rock and roll bands uh, when they were younger. Um, but then, being from North Carolina, I think they got um, kind of exposed to more acoustic-based music. Um, and then, so they started. Um, they were like playing the rock and roll bands, and then a couple of friends they would do like these late-night just acoustic things, acoustic jams which kind of grew, and that's where they kind of fell in love with, with more of the acoustic music. Um, but, uh, they, yeah, they, they you know, bluegrass, country, punk, pop, melodies, folk, rock and roll, indie rock, honky-tonk, ragtime, it's all kind of <laughs> mishmashed into that. Um, I think the, the thing is, like, really tight harmonies between the two brothers. I mean, they yeah. sing really, really well together. Um, but the, I, what I liked about it is that these are these are genuine guys. I mean, they're like, they're, they're humble. They're simple. They're, you know, they're, I wouldn't say they're like mega stars, but I think they, you know, they do pretty well. They tour and they sell out and they, yeah. um, some play at Nat stadium yeah. a couple years ago when they weren't um, headlining, but, but they, they still live in their same town. They grew up in is they live like a mile apart from each other, the two brothers and they live all live like close to the parents still. Um, and so like it shows them, you know, so some split logs with their dad getting ready for the winter, you know, they're out there 
so they're they're very like you know down to earth guys. They're very genuine. Um, you're, everyone was saying like Seth is the like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. That's the younger brother. Um, and and so it kind of like opens up with like you get a full view of who these guys are and what they're all about. And and what what I think is is like genuineness, honesty, authentic authenticity. I mean it all. What they write about in their music is how they live their lives. They're not like putting up a front. And so, I mean, they are very um, open and, and vulnerable uh, lyrics. Um, I was reading this article about the documentary. Um, it was an article that came out in The New Yorker um, beginning of February. Um, and uh, let me try to find this quote. Because the guy's talking about like, um, he says, this is uh, the reporter for The New Yorker. Um, it says, what I like most about the Avett brothers is that they write deeply plaintive and uncomplicated songs about the facts of their lives without apologizing for or equivocating about what's informing that process. Sometimes the results are almost unbearably maudlin. Uh, I have visibly winced while listening to them thinking, geez, man, are you really saying that out loud? <laughs> but their intentions are so decent, I, inevit I inevitably root for their success. So I think mm. that's kind of sums up who the Avett brothers are. Um, but it's, you know, it's an hour and a half documentary. I was intrigued the whole time because it really delves into even, um, as they're like demoing they they went out to echo mountain, um, recording studios, which is in Asheville, North Carolina. It's a place that Andrew and I have both been, mm -hmm. um, out there in the snowy mountains of, uh, Western North Carolina um, and so they're just like in this recording studio, which I think it was converted from a church. So it's this beautiful re uh, like recording studio with stained glass windows, and they're this in there. They're both of them are like multi instrumentalists. So you know, both of them are like you see them playing drums, you see them playing guitar, bass, banjo, uh, piano, and so they're like really talented musicians. And they so it's just the two of the brothers for a while there, just like demoing these songs and singing and. You know, there's like a recording engineer trying to record it all and see what they got. And there, you see them like Seth brings like he's writing the song and he's got his lyrics and he starts singing what he's got and he's like, well, that's all I got. And um, and he's like, this is what my the concept is for the song. And then you see Scott just like pull, pick up a pen and piece of paper and just start writing lyrics out and then immediately start singing them. Um, and and so it's like they these these brothers are really work well together they actually like each other which some people can't believe as one of the um rick rubin is like he started producing after emotionalism came out he started he's been producing them since the um their 2009 album i and love and you which is an excellent album um and so he's like he's like i've worked with you know siblings in in bands before you know go back to like the kinks oasis um all everly brothers anything like that none of them could, none of them would ever get along if you think of some of those bands um, even like the Beach Boys, you know, some of those, those brothers in bands, they eventually start fighting and 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 and, and drive them each other apart. But he's, they're like, they are brothers, are really super tight, and that might be because of the way they were brought up. Um, they have an older sister also, but they're you know just very humble. They're very down to earth. They're not pretentious or anything like that. They're not like trying to be rock stars or anything like that. So they're, they're they have no ego to get in their way. It's not to say that they don't take pride in their in their stuff, but but you know you don't see them them fighting over who's going to be shining brighter, even though you know Scott's four years older. Um, so I like that. It shows them demoing their music, and then they bring in um, the other guys. Um, the True Sadness was recorded with their full like touring band. So you have like the, the 
lady on violin and the guy playing um, on keyboards and bass and 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 so it was pretty full sound when they record this album. So you see them demoing the process. You see them then they go out to Malibu, California, to record it. Um, it talks a lot about like this one incident in 2011 when Bob Crawford um, he he had a two-year-old daughter and then he, he was just right after the birth of his son. They find out that their two-year-old daughter Hallie has um, a malignant brain tumor, mm-hmm. um, and so they kind of like everything kind of like stops for for a bit, and then like um, Bob Crawford just kind of like says, I like I get to go deal with family, and um, and and so kind of like they they walk through that whole process. Um, it's pretty emotional because you see them getting emotional. Like they were like mm-hmm. they were we were like twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Someone was in the hospital room with Bob and his daughter at some point. You know, we just kind of like rallied around hmm. him and, and, and went through this process together. Um, and he said, like, we have come out stronger than we've ever been before because of this. Um, they are um, they are guys of, like, deep faith. Their, their grandfather actually was a preacher in North Carolina. Um, and so they have this legacy... Um, so the, the year that Scott was born in 1976, that's the year that their grandfather died. And so he's like, I never knew this guy. But they, I think um, a few years ago, they kind of like found all these sermons and kind of delved back into their history of this, you know, this country preacher that their grandfather was. And so they're, they are guys of deep faith. And, and they talk about a little bit about that because they're like, you know, your friend's daughters had a brain tumor. Then they're like, that's reality. It's like, do you believe in God or not? Do you really believe in God or do you not? Because where's your hope going to come from? How's that going to... So um, I recommend, if anyone is interested in um, a good documentary one, it's, I mean, I think it's well-produced, well-directed. Um, if they, if you love the Avid Brothers and you love good music, I mean, I think it would be interesting about that. Uh, it has a lot of, like, live performances, so you kind of get a feel for, for the, their shows. Um, and uh, and so I think I recommend it. It's... Uh, came out on hbo so if you're like an hbo subscriber it's probably there on hbo go or you can watch it whenever i think um i don't know if it's going to be released um i don't know if it was released digitally or if it's going to come out like on blu-ray or dvd or anything like that um but there you go that is called may it last portrait of the avid brothers yeah i've been meaning to check it out because i love the avid brothers and i also hate bowstrings and i imagine there's a lot of you know cello bows getting murdered oh, just yes. like just yes. like their live shows oh yeah um, joe kwan he's like you see it like <laughs> yeah. close up of his, his bowstring it's just like yeah by the end of him. every show i've ever seen of them like he's just in tatters <laughs> like right. he's going around it's you know it's great it's not this bowstring like, he, he i mean plays. They're, they're breaking guitar strings they're like oh, you yeah. know they're like they're they're they are they put all of it you know, not, all of what they have into their live shows. I've not thought about the carnage of live music. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't see with EDM. You don't see. No. That, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you might get some carpal tunnel or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> someone's stomach like, toe might get stepped on on the yeah, dance floor. Right. Yeah. Right, the right, music. Yeah. yeah. Someone might have a headache from all the lights and flashy <laughs> stuff. You know? I went, yeah, I went to to Firefly Festival and, and oh, in Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went twice. Okay. Uh, it was a second year and the third year of Firefly. Uh, I I went to see we Delta Ray is a big band for me and my okay. wife, so we really dig them. Again, like you were saying, it's actually mostly a family, and then mm-hmm. some of their friends came in to help. And again, you have this tight knit group. Uh, 
they're just really close and they do nothing but talented music. Uh-huh. Like there's no electronics add-ins. There's just them and their voices and what they can do with chains and a steel drum. Yeah. And, and just like to make awesome sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but there they have, they had, who was it? They, it's just not dead Mao, but they had a, they had a DJ. Uh-huh. Uh, I think, who knows? Uh, Khalifa, I don't know. Somebody on, on, on stage, just one guy in this huge, I don't know, there's 80,000 people are here at this, uh-huh. at this festival, and you see 20,000 have begun to, and I'm only guessing by crowd size, I, at this point I have no idea, uh, but are gathering around a stage where one guy's got a DJ set, uh-huh. just messing around with his computer. Right. And, and I dig it, you know, I dig that you can have the talent to get good sounds from that, but I do like, even in this age where everything's electronic, a real authentic sound, right. something from... I will be talking about that a little bit later, actually. That's a good, a good segue into one of my dislikes later on when we swing back around. And, and re- we'll bring it all home with that. So that's yeah. a it'll be a good little Round it up. Okay. little bow to tie everything off with. So, all yeah. right. So I know the Avett Brothers have played the Firefly Festival before. Have you ever seen them there? I haven't. I've only, so I, I never buy the full three days. Okay, you just go for so the, I go the, for the one, one day. day. Uh, one, the second time we went, I went twice because okay. uh, my wife only came the second day. And, you know, we weren't married at the time. But mm-hmm. uh, the day before. Before that she came, I saw Foo Fighters. Okay. Uh, They're good like And I was, I was mm-hmm. right up the front. I got kicked in the head twice. <laughs> lost my pair of glasses. Didn't matter. They played until like 3 in the morning. They always do. They, they, yeah. I love the Foo Fighters because they will, they will just play whatever. Once they run out of songs, they'll just uh-huh. go every single concert. They will play their entire song list. <laughs> and they have a lot of songs. Right, right. And then once they run out of that, they're just at this point, they're just like, you guys are still here? We're still playing. Right. Uh, you know, this, this is... Uh, before he broke his leg, okay. Right? But even yeah. after he breaks his leg, he still plays. You know, in the, he had that throne uh-huh. as David Grohl right. had, had that throne. He was yeah, we've talked about it on a couple of episodes. Like, yeah, know. yeah, good. He's a cool dude. Because because <laughs> when we saw them, we saw them what 2011 or something, something like that. that? Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Yeah, down, 2011 down DC, and they played mm. for almost three hours themselves, and they had two other bands open for them. <laughs> so that was it. Was a, it was you got your money's worth for that <laughs> yeah, concert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was an expensive show. It was expensive. So it was a lot of money to get worth out of. Right, right, right. right. But I, I mean... Oh, it was totally worth it. It was totally worth it. Yeah. And so. it was good because, you know, uh, Dave Grohl kind of was raised in mm. Northern Virginia area, so it was kind of like a homecoming thing for him. So, right. so the opening for them was 21 Pilots, which is different style, but yeah. nonetheless, great. They, they, this guy, okay, can really work the stage. He had his... The guy, the drummer, mm-hmm. can... Play the drum. He had his drum say one of the bouncers or what the what do you call stagehands. Roadies. Sure. <laughs> putting the drum set on the crowd. He crowd surfed the whole drum oh, show. <laughs> and he stood on the people's hands while he played the drum. And then the other guy jumped in and stood on the crowd and rap. Then he leaps the full, like just standing jump onto uh-huh. his piano while he sings. And then jumps back down into playing in, okay. in rhythm. That's crazy. It was, just a, it was just an awesome show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And the next day we saw Third Eye Blind play. Okay. So it was hard to... We missed Weezer, but that was the year that Weezer was also there. Mm. But again, three days is hard, and they yeah, separated yeah. Foo Fighters, Third Eye Blind, and Weezer because they knew, like, all right, people will buy tickets oh, yeah. just to see those people. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. Day, the year before, it was Tom Petty we saw, and it was the last show, and we had to leave because my wife couldn't handle the amount of doobie smoke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just the heavy, yeah, yeah. heavy pot smoke. We were the youngest people in that crowd. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. When Tom Petty plays, people light up. That is good. It's yeah. a good concert, but we had to so. leave after an hour. Well, if I, I, I encourage you, if the Avett Brothers, I mean, we'll maybe we'll let you know when they come back around, because since we know you like live music, we'll try to see them again. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I think they're recording a new album soon. Yeah, they're a band I'll see any time. Yeah. Like, I want to go to every Avett Brothers show I can, because right. it's not going to be disappointing. Yeah. So, Well, there's, there's my like, May It Last, A Portrait of the Avett Brothers, a documentary... Um, by Judd Apatow. Now you can get it if you're HBO. Uh, if you can look for it out there if you like it. So ask my like, and I'm going to sh- sh- pass it to Mike. Awesome. Cool. So uh, I brought for my like, uh, have you guys heard of Geek and Sundry? Uh huh. Okay. So, I not. <laughs> so Geek and Sundry gives out a lot of free content. They have a lot of content on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do things like. Well, I'm a board gamer. Okay. okay. So if you like board games, if you like D&D, mm-hmm. they do... It, there's constantly new material for okay. D&D and for uh, other types of role-playing pathfinders and other mm-hmm. more uh, fixed. Because a lot of people say that D&D is a broken system mm. in terms of, like, you spend so much time working on stats and working on uh, leveling up to do anything. Uh-huh. You spend so much time just, like... Uh, I'm going to hack. I'm going to roll the hack at these weeds to see what's underneath. And like, oh, it's nothing. But I, I did it. Successfully cut grass. Like okay. Something, something ridiculous. Right. Right. There's a lot of systems coming out. Um, Blades. Uh, Blades in the Dark is a new one that I'm actually playing, and it's designed after. Like the designer designed it after Ocean's Eleven. Okay. The, the Ocean's movies. So you're pretty pretty much trying to break in and steal things. Uh, you're you're a band of somewhat dubious. Criminals mm-hmm. in a future dystopian, okay. right? Uh, and you're just, yeah, you're trying to build up your brand. You're trying okay. to get more money. You have individual goals that you decide, and you decide it all in the beginning. And what's great about it is you don't have to be successful or not successful when you're going into it. Uh, you don't have to be like, ah, oh, I gotta roll this many times to get. It. You do roll. There is mm-hmm. the element of rolling, but if you want to succeed, you always can. Okay. You just say you just flash back to when you predict, like say, hit the the DM will throw something at you, mm-hmm. and you can you have a choice of either trying to roll against it and or risk push your luck. Right. And then if that doesn't work, you go. Then you flash back to when you planned for this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just like in an oceans movie, there's right. always like like something goes wrong. Right. Like oh no. Right. You know. And then you see the flashback of how it is like how it all worked at out. this point. Remember to fake like mm-hmm. this is not what you planned, right. and then. And what I like is it really plays well. Uh-huh. And so having never played the system before, we, my friends and I started it up, and it just really worked. Okay. Uh, we like I, I like to watch playthroughs. Okay. And Geek and Sundry has a Project Alpha, which you can pay $5 a month for. Uh-huh. And I prefer the content on Geek and Sundry to HBO. <laughs> okay. Uh, I still haven't gotten through Oz, so... I okay. Mean, I, I, I watch uh, these playthroughs. Uh, I paid five dollars a month so I can get early access uh-huh. to things like, well, at the time it was uh, tabletop games. So okay. with Will Wheaton, all right, Will, Will Wheaton yep. leads a show called Tabletop where he yeah. just plays through tabletop board games, and this is where I get all my information. Like, okay, let's see <laughs> how you play through this. Okay, cool. Um, they also have a how. Uh, he stopped doing that show for a while, so I don't know when that's coming back. There's supposed to be a new season, but. He did that for four seasons. Okay. And now they have a show called How to Play, which teaches you how to play these new board games that are constantly okay. coming out. So if you can't tell, I'm a bit of a geek. Yeah, yeah. I just went to Unpub, which is a conference. <laughs> um, 
in Baltimore. Okay. That's unpublished games. All right. Uh, and so, anyway, you go, you get, you get your subscription to Project Alpha, and you can see uh, content. I actually use some. For, I'm a teacher, so I use some of the content to show my students. Okay. They have, a, they have a because science, which mm-hmm. again you can access some of the early episodes uh, on YouTube. But because science is this. It's like a video edit where he just uses a whiteboard and he's behind a white behind a clear board uh-huh. with whiteboard markers. He describes the scientific uh, analysis of something that happens in Marvel Universe or something happens okay. in, in like a, hmm. in your fandom, your right. fandom. So pick your fandom. He's in it, uh-huh. explaining how who would be stronger uh, scientifically, who has uses more force. Okay, uh, in you know canonically. Mm-hmm. Uh, did any of the Jedi's or Eleven from Stranger Things? Okay, and <laughs> of course it's Eleven, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and he has to explain. All right, so you know, even y- like the closest anyone gets is Yoda stopping. Uh, it's Count Dooku, I think, who's throwing. Is it Count Dooku who's throwing uh, Senate seats at? That's him. Emperor. Emperor is throwing. Okay, Emperor yeah, Palpatine yeah. is throwing seats at Senate seats at. Right, him, and he has to catch it in the uh-huh. air, and it'll, and he estimates. Yeah, it does a lot of estimation on weight, <laughs> on weight, but he's calculating how much force the now eleven while riding a bike right stops a moving car. So first, yeah, the van that flipped. Yeah, van van's momentum has to change direction, uh-huh. which that already is a lot of force mm-hmm. that would require you to stop a moving van. And this is he only does that scene. He just from that. Scene. Okay. So he this is he published it after, um, the second season. Okay. No spoilers, but. So this is just first season. Okay. Eleven is still stronger than any mm-hmm. Jedi uh, using that. Using just estimations of force. All we need to do is get her a lightsaber and she'd be unstoppable. Yeah, could, that would do it. That would do it. Yeah. Yeah. She'd probably be a Sith. <laughs> <laughs> so a red lightsaber then. Yeah. 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 You're not wrong. <laughs> she'd go dark real fast. <laughs> she looks sweet, but she's Ultimate. not. Power. Yeah, <laughs> and her face would change, and well, she has all the angst of a uh, right. Chris, With the, Kylo Ren. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, yeah, she'd kill Kylo Ren. <laughs> Not even hesitating, right? Oh yeah, yeah, she's a evil little girl. <laughs> so geek, a sundry geek and sundry geek and sundry, and then get the if you want if you want to get the subscription service, you don't have to, but if you want okay. to be a real geek. Tabletop Day is coming up also. So Tabletop Day, uh, they sponsor just live. They do live feeds of board games, and they do awesome stuff. So I don't know if you guys ever heard of this thing called Dread. Uh, it's this, heard of it. You heard of it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> uh, I made I made Andrew play Dread, but uh, it's it's like a D and D style, but it's a one shot. Okay. So you create a story. It's very story led. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you kind of ask coming up in your rally, right? You like doing stories, right? But instead of rolling any dice to make any decisions, all your decisions, if they're tough, uh, you have to pull from a Jenga tower. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. So they do uh, supersized dread, which is where they just use giant Jenga towers. Okay. Uh, and they'll do. They made a whole dread series, which uh-huh. is classic. But tabletop day is coming up, so that's just live games uh, online, and then all around the country. At any game store, they will mm-hmm. be sponsoring Tabletop Day. Okay. Uh, and it's, I know it's in April, but I do not know the date. But it's coming up. What so. uh, and what's your favorite like game store that you go to? 
Uh, well, I live near Savage, so okay. I just go down towards Savage Mill. Yeah, you're right. There's that. Yeah, there's a game shop there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. So I go to the game store there. Uh, but I know there's a there's some new ones coming. Out. I think there's Goblin. Oh gosh, Goblin Games or something like that just opened up. So I might check it out. Okay. Uh, and then there's Game Workshop, which is mm-hmm. up in there, Center Park Drive. Well, mm-hmm. I I guarantee you that if you go to any board okay. game store, they have board game nights. And I bet that they will know not only when board tabletop game is, but mm-hmm. have events on that day. Okay. And uh, cert- yeah, because I'd rather like go and play a game than sit and watch people play games. No, oh, yeah, me too. But here's the other issue: is that you, I I love doing this uh-huh. on Saturdays. You go and you play board games with strangers every right. Saturday. Okay. Uh, at whatever pick mm-hmm. at pick your board game store. Uh, the thing about Strangers, is they're they're a lot like me, and that they're just as competitive. Mm-hmm. Some board gamers, it's going to surprise you, might not be the most socially <laughs> aware. Right. Or, what? As, yeah, it it could be. It could be. Don't I might be wrong about it. It could be that they that they're they don't have uh, a sense of humor. Uh-huh. They don't have. They don't uh, shower. Could be. Could be. <laughs> right. So. So there's some dangers in you know, I mean, the danger. Never any danger. I love I love board gamers. I just happen. No one's gonna actually fight each other. Oh no no. In real life. Gosh, that would be, be terrified of any <laughs> physical contact. But uh, the, the idea is that it's much better to play with people you know. Right. Uh, unless those people that you know also aren't you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a fine line finding board gamers right. to play with. So right. I just kind of. I do a lot of imagining, and I do a lot of, like, settling for apples to apples. Okay. Which is not a board game. No. Neither it's a card is, game. Neither is Candyland. I don't mind cards. Okay. But Candyland is not a board game. Okay. It's not. What would you classify Candyland as? Um, it's uh, a waste of time. Okay. Well, I, I agree also. You I can't, mean, you can't, you don't make a decision in Candyland. <laughs> you could make a robot just draw a card for you. Right. And also place it for you to entertain your ne- your nephew or niece yeah, yeah, yeah. while you go watch something online. Yeah. Uh, yeah, true. Um, how about Yahtzee? Is Yahtzee a board absolutely, game? Okay. absolutely great I like, game? I like we play Yahtzee. Sometimes. Farkle also good. Okay. So, what's your favorite all-time favorite? Oh no! If someone's gonna say, Yikes. "Let's play a game," we got twenty minutes before the world ends. Agricola. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think my favorite board game ugh, to play. I only got twenty minutes. I don't yeah, that's, a, that's a terrible time for a board two game. Hours, <laughs> two hours before the world ends. Even two hours. Yeah, you need like uh, solid eight this hours. Game, playing this game could save the world. Okay, wait, wait. Okay. Well, okay. then you got to go for something really easy. No, 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 no. Here we go. <laughs> the world's at stake. you got to go for an easy game. <laughs> Candyland. No, wait. No. No, Cheats I would go... Uh, well, you just cheat. I mean, come on. doesn't matter. The world's at stake. It's a monopoly. But, yeah, right. <laughs> or I would go for... Well, if it's... I get the whole play of the game. I can play the whole sure. game. I play Arkham Horror. Okay. So you get all 14 hours. Uh, no, but you get, you <laughs> get a, your, your... That's a, a Batman game, I'm assuming, right? Uh, no, it's not. There is Arkham. There is an Arkham Asylum in Arkham Horror. Oh, uh, okay. But no, it's uh, H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, okay. Which I think Batman borrowed... The writer of the comic borrowed from H.P. Lovecraft okay. to get Arkham Asylum. It sounds pretty dark. A little bit. Okay. Yeah, Cthulhu. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pandemic actually came out with a Cthulhu theme, too. Really? Yeah, it's like easy Arkham. It's like Arkham We played Pandemic once, right? But we were playing it wrong the whole time, is that right? Yeah, and we played it again right. But, oh, okay. yeah, the first time we played, we were totally cheating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it still didn't turn out that well for us. No, we were not good that first round. 
We barely won, and right. we cheated the whole time. Right. Yikes. Yeah, that's good. That's how you Innocently play. cheated, though. We yeah, like we're... we just didn't understand a rule. Right. There you go. What rule didn't you understand? I don't remember. Yeah. It was it's a, kind of a hard game to kind of... Figure yeah. out the beginning. It is, it is. And I have I, I teach at a special needs school and uh okay. and recently I made them play. So, oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. How they do? Well, I won. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good it works. Uh you can actually play as a bad guy in that game in the in the in the okay. up to, yeah. So you can play as a a bioterrorist. Okay. Who's trying to... to infect the world right. and gotcha. you, you win if everyone else loses. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah. So again, I'm a favorite at parties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's geek and sundry uh, board game theme stuff, uh, <laughs> and now we're gonna bring it over to Andrew for his like. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about a uh, Netflix series that I just uh, finished watching. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. It's called Everything Sucks. Oh uh, yes. Um. Because it's a, as a child of the 90s, uh, uh-huh. this is a show that takes place in the 90s. I was like, oh, it's going to be great. It's about kids in high school and stuff. In the 90s, it's going to be my favorite show. Um, it's Netflix. Netflix, you know, usually makes some great stuff. Um, I watched the first episode, and it was terrible. Oh, really? And I decided, I was like, okay, this is just a bad show, and I don't ever want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, heard some reviews and people talking about, like, oh, everything sucks is great, but the first episode is atrocious. Huh. And don't watch it. The first episode is was basically like, hey, how many 90s things can we cram into one episode uh-huh. of TV? Just like, it's like, hey, look how 90s we are, um, which is just not a thing I wanted to watch for 10 episodes. Right. Um, so it's like, oh, look, Surge was a thing. Uh-huh. And like, you know, it's just kids making references to things that existed in the 90s without like an actual like like story what? or TV show. <laughs> so kids are um, Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, okay. So I was like, oh, this is a dumb show. Mm-hmm. Um uh, once you get past the first episode, uh, it turns into a phenomenal show that, like, it's just, like, this, like, sweet, like, you, you know, high you, school... Do you even have to watch the first show, episode, or can you just go to episode two? Is it episodic or serial? Uh, it's serialized, and I would watch the first... I mean, the first episode is 22 minutes long. Okay. Like, yeah, like, this isn't even, like, full half-hour episodes. But it, it did kind of, like, <laughs> live up to its title, though, right? Yeah, Everything yeah. sucks, including this <laughs> the episode. The pilot, don't... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a show that stars uh, no one I've ever heard of. Okay. Um, yeah. Directed yeah. by and created by people that I've never heard of. Okay. Um, but the show stars, uh, I'm going to get his name wrong, but like Jahai Diallo Winston um, and Peyton Kennedy is like the two uh, sort of leads. These two kids, uh, this uh, sophomore girl named Kate Mesner, um, who is the daughter of the principal okay. at the school, and uh, Luke O'Neill. Um, who, you know, is this incoming freshman, um, you know, that's, you know, uh, friends with these, you know, him and his two friends are super nerdy. Uh-huh. Um, like, uh, the first thing they, they want, like, oh, we want to make friends and be cool. Let's join AV club. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, so I've, I've actually heard of this, sh- this show, um, and they're saying it's like, sh- like stranger things without the, um. Uh, Sci-fi elements or whatever, or without the, without the horror stuff, without the yeah. I mean, if it's a if you mean a show that takes place in a time period about high school students, yeah, sure. It's and, like and the, they're all nerdy in the, in the AV club yeah, type thing. Yeah, it. yeah, um, yeah. Way less supernatural stuff, right? Um, but they do make a sci-fi movie in the show, um, and yeah. So uh, Luke sort of gets a crush on Kate, um, but she's the principal's daughter, and right. also there's another large problem with him having a crush on her. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just ends up being this, like, really great show about 
you know, these high school kids where after the first episode, the, the time period doesn't matter anymore. Oh, right, like, okay. So, like, it, it happens to take place in the 90s, or the 90s, just like Stranger Things happens to take place, you know, in the 70s, and, like, the, if, 80s. or the 80s, um, but if, you know, it took place today, it would still be a great show. Right, right. Um, the, the time period, you know, it, it doesn't really matter... You know, it, it right. wears its '80s on its sleeve, but it's uh-huh. not the plot of the show. No, like, the first episode no, no, no. of Everything Sucks was about the fact that it's in the '90s, which was just rough. Okay, um, so it's like, oh look, remember this song? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh you you like the mighty mighty boss tones in the '90s, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> um, I mean, I will say, like in the second or third episode, they they do make like uh, a video to Wonderwall, okay. <laughs> like their own yeah. Wonderwall video, but it's done much better than you know. The beginning, and and the further the show goes along, the less and less the nineties okay. you know matter. Um, there's you know the obligatory scene where someone tries to look something up in the internet. And there's just like three people standing around a computer, just like watching it load, like chick, <laughs> chick, <laughs> chick. Yeah. Oh, there's the rest of it. <laughs> um, I remember those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's you know this great story about you know these people that feel different in high uh-huh. school. Um, and it's got you know the AV club versus the drama club mm-hmm. sort of, but then sort of like teaming up for. Okay. Uh, stuff. Take down the jocks. Yeah, there's no. I don't think a jock gets a single taken down. Oh, um, okay. And it's not like about these people like being bullied necessarily. Okay. Like there's, a, I mean, a little bit of that, but yeah. it's not like oh, the school hates these nerdy mm-hmm. kids. Like you can just tell that they don't feel like they fit in right, without okay. it, it being overt. Like you know, shoving kids into lockers right, and right. stuff it's, like that. It's not, it's um, not stereotypical or cliche. Right. Um, yeah. So if you can get past the first 22 minutes of uh-huh. the series, uh, it gets really good after that. Okay. Um, um, yeah, it ended up being this thing like you know, like even towards the end, like 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 they're not quite cliffhangers. So I just want to watch like uh-huh. all the episodes, and there's only ten of them, and they're you know normal sitcom like half an uh, hour like, at least yeah. or even less. I think the longest sometimes. episode is like twenty six minutes okay. or something like that. So it's easy to get through. Oh yeah, um, and it's delightful to get through. Okay, um, it's a really fun show. Uh, yeah, like it, there's like a storyline with uh, Luke. And uh, Kate's uh, parents, mm-hmm. um, like they're uh, both of the kids are uh, products of like uh, like live in single family home, okay, or single parent homes. Right. right. Uh, Luke's dad left uh, when he was pretty young, um, and Kate's mom uh, died uh, when she was fairly young too. So it's you know also a little bit about their their parents kind of trying to deal with that. Um, and it's got like these fun side characters, like Luke's two friends are. Uh, pretty cool, um, and you know, uh, uh, Kate sh- Kate has a couple of uh, like there's a couple of interesting friends in like the drama club. Um, like it starts off with the uh, the school going through their like uh, like morning announcements TV show, which is the thing that I like remember a lot from high school or yeah high school and middle school. And I had a lot of friends that uh, especially in middle school like would always be like you know in that room like working on that show. Mm. Um, and stuff so there's just a lot of things that you know I remember fondly from like middle school high school times um, yeah. without like going like you know after that first episode without being like too on the nose about all the stuff so yeah right. like I think after like it's the show that anyone could really just you yeah. know enjoy especially if you maybe feel so like for like strange that's what strange so it probably does for you what strange things does for me because I grew up in the 80s so it brings me back yeah to those days 
Um, when um, you were attacked by monsters. No, no, but just like driving around and, and like you know, though <laughs> no. in, in season two, the the kid had when he had like a like a Spoilers. Trans Am or a Cor- Camaro or something like that, <laughs> yeah, and he always wanted that, and yeah. and you know, just the just the, the the music and the clothes and the the kind of the attitude and what you had to live through and and what you had to deal with and you know. yeah, you've got you know a kid with like a you know a trench coat looking thing with all the buttons on it yeah. uh, and all this stuff it's like yeah this is you know it it looks pretty authentic uh-huh. um without you know being like again aside from that first episode without being like a little bit too crazy mm-hmm. like i mean they go to a, like a tori amos concert in one of the episodes okay. except, like there's you know wonderwall video uh-huh. and there's a there's a scene where parents discuss try to try to figure out like what just what the heck uh, all that in a bag of chips means like <laughs> Uh-huh. So, besides the first episode, everything out, everything else feels natural though. They didn't right just how you would live in the night, not making a big deal of everything. Yeah, like there's one scene where like there's you know uh, just a table of drinks and like it's like oh that's the way a cherry coke can used to look uh-huh. without anyone drawing attention right, to it. Right. There's more stuff like that, like better set dressing, uh-huh. um, and the the you know the music is just you know what was popular back in the nineties. Without someone saying, hey, like, you want to get a surge, then eat some Pop Rocks, yeah. and, like, here's a ring pop, <laughs> like, yeah. and all this stuff. <laughs> so, like, how much of that can we cram into 22 <laughs> minutes of TV? Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, so I really, I really dug it. Everything sucks on Netflix. Yeah, um, everything t- sucks with an exclamation point. Yeah, yeah, it takes place in uh, boring Oregon. Uh, so they they go to boring high school. Uh-huh. Um, like at the end of the morning announcement, they're like, "Have a boring day." Yep, that's great. <laughs> Which is fun. Okay. Um, so yeah, really, and yeah, I would also uh, highly recommend like any like I I would love to see what these uh, the two leads of this uh, do after this series. Uh, okay. I don't know if there'll be a season two or not, but yeah. Peyton Kennedy and Jahai Diallo Winston are fantastic actors. Okay. Cool. I'll check that out. All right, well, we'll take a short break, play some music. Um, I don't know if I'm going to play, um, I'll probably play some Amit Brothers. Just to talk about them. They're pretty good. So give people a taste if they've never heard them before. And then we'll come back um, with our dislikes. Like I said before, we go around in reverse order for our dislikes, and so we'll start with Andrew again. Yeah, uh, on the other end, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, something that I dislike is anything that takes us one step closer to the robot apocalypse. Okay. Um, yeah. And we have so, something up in our living room that is kind of taking us close. Oh well. yeah. What do you have a up ro- there? Robot vacuum. Oh yeah, uh, this is worse. Okay. <laughs> um, we may have to take a little bit of break so I can show you guys the beginning of a video that we're gonna have to link to in the show notes. Okay. Um, but this is um, a like we already have like you said you have a robot vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. We have you know we all have a voice assistant on our phone and stuff like that. The robots playing Jeopardy. Right. But what if that voice assistant on your phone also could control a flamethrower? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. That'd be so super useful. A guy, uh, 
a, basically a mad scientist, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> basically uh, rigged up a flamethrower to be controlled by Alexa. Um, and it is terrifying. A, because robots shouldn't have access to weapons, like flamethrowers, and B, because this guy is an insane person. Um, so, like, yeah, real quick, I want to show you guys okay. uh, part of this video, which will be linked to in the show notes. Right, right. Um, so, if you are listening to this, you might also want to go uh, watch the beginning of this video before uh, going on. Okay, so now you guys have more of a frame of reference right. about what this is. Um, do you have thoughts about this this man in particular having access to a flamethrower in general and then making, you know, actual you know robots have access to it too? Because I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and well, the dangerous thing is that uh, wasn't it, is it Elon Musk who is like developing like this flamethrower like like market you could buy a flamethrower like consumer product flamethrower yeah so if you take that where people have these flamethrowers readily available and this guy who wants to make them all you know robot controlled some serious problems yeah. there i should say that uh, this guy's named uh colin furs he's an inventor um who is i think literally crazy like <laughs> He seems like an insane person. Right. Um, have you seen any of his other videos? He's talked like I that. I have not. I wonder if he um, talks like that in all his videos. It cool. seems like he does, just from you know this one article I found on uh, reviewgeek.com. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it says that he's uh, you know made a name for himself uh, making completely uh, outlandish and entirely unpractical creations. Uh, for example, a full-size TIE fighter. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so it says, compared to those creations, an Alexa-powered flamethrower is relatively tame. Um, he, just for the record, I want to say to the robot overlords that might be going back through this podcast, I never said anything bad here, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just those two guys. Bow to our robot yeah. overlords. I'm right. on record as being anti-robots taking over the world. Right, That's, right. Um, yeah, okay. You'd be the first to go. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, but you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go with my convictions. <laughs> you, guys, you guys might, you know, live, but you'll have to deal with, you know, your dirty consciences. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, this is uh, just terrifying. Um, like, like you said, like your your uh, you know robot vacuum upstairs could kill you in your sleep with right, one yeah, of these yeah. flamethrowers. Um, although if you just leave it downstairs, you're probably right. You're okay. I don't think it has ability to climb <laughs> stairs yet. Yet, yet, <laughs> yeah. Until Colin Furs gets his hand right. on your until it starts collecting all these other items in our in our um, you know our house yeah and builds them while we're sleeping yeah if your Roomba MacGyvers himself some legs <laughs> right you are doomed we are <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna feel this brush rotating in my face when I wake up no! yeah. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have a really clean beard yes. but like a singed <laughs> face <laughs> um yeah so it's really scary uh but yeah check out this video if you uh have not already okay in the show notes um, yeah, it's about eight minutes long. I only had them, you know, watch the beginning and the end. There's the the beginning is a lot of him running around looking looking crazy, building uh, uh, this flamethrower. Yeah, a lot of yelling. I, got, I got so excited when he had a, a fire extinguisher, and then then he let me down because he filled it with gasoline. <laughs> yeah, he filled it with gas. He's like, yeah, we need. He's like. Which is really ironic to use a fire extinguisher yeah. to make a flamethrower. I didn't actually see an actual fire extinguisher there. I, I, I no. <laughs> At one point in the video, he does say, "It's like I need to uh, open up my garage door so I don't blow myself up again," <laughs> and then cut to footage of him blowing himself up, oh, like okay. right. <laughs> like in the garage. You know, the dark. We'll link to that video. <laughs> Let me say he's probably single. 
Yeah. Well, he, yeah, well. I don't think the wife would, I can't see a wife going, yeah. no, no. He does have a really cool garage. <laughs> oh my God. next Alexa invention, I think. Yeah. yeah. A wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do see something in the back of his uh, thing that I just noticed on the video. It says, uh, fast and furious and furs. <laughs> So, so he does have a, a little bit of a sense of humor. It might be maniacal. And, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, if you know, a week from now there are robots running around everywhere with flamethrowers. <laughs> you guys know who to blame. Yeah, Colin first. <laughs> uh, who either has an Australian or an English accent, depending on. Yeah. You tell us what tell us what accent you think it is, because I can't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is my dislike. Okay. Uh, the inevitable takeover of robots with flamethrowers. Okay. Yeah, it's coming. Okay, so for my dislike, uh, you know, you named Netflix. Netflix is such a great content provider. Sometimes. They they do well. They give you original, right? Good or bad? Like you don't. I mean, all they give you a lot of content. Right, they give you a lot of content. <laughs> Tonnage, and they're going to. We are going towards, uh, you know, Netflix dominated uh, society here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my issue goes actually with CW. Uh, <laughs> Netflix does amazing job trying to create new and exciting uh, explorations into Marvel Universe uh-huh. and into these comic book shows. CW, they, I, I think they, somebody somewhere said, we need ten. <laughs> <laughs> ten different superhero shows to all be creating new content every week. And so the writers are like, uh, yeah, so how long are these seasons? They they don't end. I want <laughs> unending weekly from dramas from each of you. And so, as a result, I cannot... There's not enough time uh-huh. to keep up with the amount of content coming from the CW. And I loved the Justice League. Like, I loved the cartoon, the Justice League. That was such a good... Was that on the CW? No. Oh, no. Maybe that's why you liked it so much. Yeah, no, it was good. It was, like, it was almost for kids. Like, it was accessible to me at at a younger age. Uh, I actually watched the majority of it with my wife, at the time, girlfriend in college, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's enough in there, there's enough content that's that's adult and that's, you know, deep and, and... provoking mm-hmm. uh it's worth watching i there's no there like nothing is permanent in the cw universe you get right it's it's a lot of nonsense uh they have to invent and like they always kill their villains or then if they don't kill their villains then they inevitably turn around and uh-huh. uh there's just so much uh, i just can't stand <laughs> i cannot stand these shows and i i sit there and, and you know my wife is a really big fan of all of them is she uh, okay. green arrow uh so i liked the green i liked arrow i mm-hmm. liked that show for a while right the first season i liked it i dug it uh-huh. uh, it was like oh okay maybe they got one right and this is gonna be good and then you know now we're in a new season where uh i think oliver is gone so arrow was gone for a while mm-hmm. and then it was like the cast that that just was left over. They had the mm-hmm. leftovers, all the, the people who took in those places. How many flashes are there, right? That's, that's right? <laughs> There's uh, a lot. Right? Was it what, four? Five? Well, of which well, universe, right? So Yeah. Infinite. <laughs> right. Or I guess yeah, the 50, yeah. I don't remember there, how many of have. Seen. Now, to be fair, I guess in the <clears> comic books, you do see 
there are multiple universes. Like they have to name the universe that they're in, and the and the one that that's like the one that's ours, the normal one, isn't even like number one. It is somewhere up there. No, it's Earth One in the shows. It's Earth One in the yeah, shows. Which I, that always bothers me. It always bothers me that people from other Earths call our Earth Earth One. Oh, yeah. Um, not, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like I'm from Earth Six. Like, they would at least name theirs Earth 1, right? Right. Like, who made this standard numbering for Earths? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And And you'd think that some of the Earths would be battling each other. Like, we want to be Earth 1. Yeah. I want to be Earth 42. Right. Well, wait, do they know about each other? So, but isn't Supergirl's on from Earth 1, is she? No, she's from some other Earth. I don't remember. Um, I will fight you on some of this. Well, I will say that the they have declined in quality for the most part. Um, they all had... It could have been great. Each yeah. and every single one of them could have been great. Yeah. Aside from Legends of Tomorrow, which has only gotten better. No. It's see, so good. <laughs> <laughs> the show is so good. No. The, the, one of the last episodes was the Legends teaming up with Elvis to fight ghosts. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you're... Why would you not want to watch that? Oh. Well, I mean, I it was cartoon like they did with Supernatural or Scooby Doo. If they made them all cartoons, well, the guy from Supernatural was in it. Oh no, wait, that's the guy from no guy from Prison Break was in that. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's just like a villain who helped out the the late the Legends of Tomorrow for a second. I don't know what's real anymore. Like I don't. There there seems like he sup- nothing is permanent. So in the Flash series, his uh, fiance who he's haven't, he's on the outs with anyway. Turns out, oh, she's gonna be killed by Savitar. Savitar. Mm-hmm. That's the last season, though, man. They're 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 married. Spoilers, now. Spoilers, sorry, spoilers. But <laughs> the point, my point is, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, she's supposed to die, right? right. And, but but he avoids it. He's able to. Yeah. So then, if they but can someone, do that, someone did die though. All right, just not her. Right, the other. But at least someone guy, died. Right. Yeah. Sure, and and I was supposed to feel really sorry about that too. But his character also was like a farce to begin with. He was just like the funny guy we lose, so we lost a little bit of comic relief, which I did feel bad about because now I don't like the show anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to. Watch I will it. agree that sometimes it gets a little ridiculous because it's so serialized, and sometimes the stakes just are not that high. Right. Because you know. They can't connect with the DC universe at all, right? So they don't connect with the movies, right. Whatsoever, right? Where well, I think that the the Netflix show they and Agents of Shield reference it around the edges, kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, part well, of the I same... mean, Samuel Jackson even showed up on Agents of Shield. Yeah, they're, right. yeah, they're part of the same universe. And they cr- right. and they cr- and there was the I forget what the bullet is called, like the Colossus bullet. I don't remember. The bullet mm. appears both in Agents of Shield and in Luke Cage. Yeah. So they have crossover. Right. Uh, and just those. But the, the CW, I mean, they do the team ups with each other, but they yeah. don't reference the. My other. I did really like the team up this year. That was really fun. Yeah, the my... Crisis on Earth X or whatever, because then you got like yeah. Evil Arrow and like Evil Supergirl yeah. running around. That was fun. My other issue is that they're not unique enough, right? Like they are superhero shows, but they're not like Jessica Jones is a scene noir, like about a. Mm-hmm. It, it involves a superhero, but really it's about her solving a mystery of her past and solving a mystery that's going on, right? And the stakes are high, and you're watching it, and you're... I, I'm, like, in this show. I'm invested in the show uh, because it's an interesting concept. It just happens to also be a superhero right. show. And so I get both my fandom tickled and then mm-hmm. also get a good show. Luke Cage also does like this unique, you know, Harlem Renaissance feel. It's right. like Shaft, but better uh-huh. and more appropriate for your kids to watch. Right. Right? So yeah. you know. and Iron Fist also ran. 
You're not wrong. I did. I would, I would actually watch any of the CW shows from start right. to finish, like all start five seasons, finish. all five seasons, all over, episodes. yeah, over watching <laughs> the ten, the ten episodes of Iron Fist again. All right, all right. So, I'm not saying it's all gravy on Netflix. I'm not saying it's gravy on Netflix. I'm just saying that at least I like original content. I like, yeah. it. and I get why the CW isn't very original in there. Like, I sure. get why they have formulaic because I mean you have to if you're going to mass produce, right? Mm-hmm. They have their assembly line mm-hmm. set up to deliver content, but, uh, and, and it's hard to compete. So I, content, I wish, right? I kind of wish that, I, and I think some, ep- some series are getting, I'm actually getting sick of the 22 episode or the 23 oh, episode for season. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that they could do, Netflix does a lot more with 10 episodes. Yeah. And then you wait. And, you and then get... you wait, but, but at least you get anticip- anticipation oh, yeah. and, but they're really high quality produced. Yeah. Even some of the television shows, um, you know, to cap out 13 or 16 episodes, I think you got, you got a little bit more time and, or you can just tell a better story, yeah. and the stakes feel a lot yeah. better. Yeah, I would much like. I, I just think that they drag <laughs> on way too long. Yeah, like, I can't oh. think of a single serialized like TV show that's set twenty-two minutes long that or uh, twenty-two episodes per season that can justify all twenty-two episodes. Right no, now, for some shows too. like. Like a couple, you know, maybe a comedy here and there. Like I could watch twenty two episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine or well, something. Yeah, but not yeah, something that's yeah. trying to tell like one that's story not, over yeah, a that's season. Not series, that's yeah. episodic. Yeah, right. right so, right. but yeah, for the serial like stuff, I, I wish everything was thirteen episodes at yeah. max. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I just think you tell better stories. Yeah, right. So that's my my dislike. It has to be this. I don't want to just say CW, <laughs> but the but CW. I, I mean, I would say that they are definitely. I think that their target audience is probably. It's probably got the, you know you have probably the teenagers, the young people like with Riverdale and stuff like that, Supernatural and, and other shows. But then you have like the the superhero geek things. But but if they're trying to cater to those people, I think that they're losing them a little bit. You know, like yeah. I mean, I say that there's better content out right, there, right? Exactly. They're, they're gonna go somewhere else, right? right so. And yeah. All and, right. So there you go. It's your dislike. All right. Well, I dislike. Um, so uh, my daughter and I went and saw a concert um, a couple weeks ago. Um, the headliner was Matt Carney, and um, he had another guy named Andrew Bell opening for him. We were musicians, but the guy before them was this like electronic musician called Filou, F-I-L-O-U-S. I think he's from Germany. Great. But he was a DJ. So good. So. He just sat there with a table and his computer things and turned knobs for 20 minutes. That was it. And music played. And he'd like bebop to the music and he turned knobs. And I'm like, this is the most boring. Th- no, no flashy lights. No big animal head on his, on his, you know. <laughs> give me something. You want to, yeah. I want a, something. Yeah, dry eyes. have a cool helmet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so or a little bit dry eyes. Yeah. Exactly. Got, it was just him. Laser show. Him. Something. And... You know, he was—he seemed like a really happy guy. He was smiling the whole time, but for us, I'm like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Because all he was—was was he was, actually part of the show, or was he just no, he somebody was, who was supposed to be in the back and hit play on an no, iPod? No, no, and he just was, went he to was, the stage. Was, <laughs> he was. Hey, uh, Tim, can you? Yeah, he was on the marquee. He was like, you know, it was advertised as this guy was going to be yeah. there. Did it look like he that his name was in his own writing on the poster? <laughs> no, it didn't look like he added it with a piece of tape. Yeah, and it just says like Anne Falou. Here, here's this thing. Here's this thing. 
he actually, he says, here's a song I recorded with Matt Carney. Now, Matt Carney is going to be in the show. He's headlining. <laughs> Did Matt Carney come out and sing the song with him? No. He just says, here's a song I did with Matt Carney. And you hear this the song, he, and you hear Matt Carney singing it, and you're like, well, this is a missed opportunity. I mean, <laughs> right. I wish you could bring the real live guy, because yeah. it was like... So you're at a live performance, but he's playing you a recording. He's, he's playing a recording. Of a guy who's in the building. Of a guy who's in the back. <laughs> so, like, it, it would have been, it would have sounded better on your headphones in your yes. phone. Yes. Okay. I, I yeah, can so see. As, There's as not really a lot. The live. music was okay. I mean, it, you know, it was dip, tip, typical electronic-based yeah. music. You know, a lot uh, of... I have one question. Did the beat drop? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the beat dropped, but I needed some more. I needed flashy lights. I needed something to help me. Did you really a, feel? Did you have a feel. seat in this concert? Or was no, I was, I was standing the whole time. Oh, okay. So were people dancing at all? One crazy lady was dancing. Well, I mean, yeah, well, she. And that would go to my 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 co dislike. Is one person dancing at a concert? No, no, she was because she was. The, the the quality of people going to concerts nowadays. I wish some the people quality would just, of <laughs> I wish some people would just stay home. Because one, some of them are old. They're not attractive. No, no, no. She was. Jesus. So she was. She was a, not a um, concert for you, perhaps. She was. Uh, you're talking about people without yeah. without many social skills, right? This lady had very little social skills, but and she, she wants to a, play a board game. She was in a tight <laughs> tight room with a bunch of people uh-huh. and was just like. Was extending her personal space into someone else's personal space with her flailing around and oh, dancing right. and her woo yelling at every Matt Carney <laughs> song. Like during the Matt Carney songs, she would just start to be screaming a lot. Yeah. So then we eventually went into the back because I couldn't, we can't handle it. I mean, we were like halfway through Matt Carney. I'm like, we're done with this lady. She uh, was just right, was she was right directly in front of us and she, she was just going crazy. I'm like, I, I like Matt Carney, but I don't like him that much. I mean, I don't think anyone likes him that much. All right, fair. fair I mean, fair. it was just it was just a little too exuberant, and and it was, but this is your co-dislike is the yeah. people. Well, that, yeah. that, but then we go in the back, uh-huh. and there's people having full blown like conversations, um, through and th- throughout the show. I'm like, come on. And well, they were only there to see Falu. I guess <laughs> he was coming, but it's just like, and then we've seen like we we saw the the Abbott brothers. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, you pay like a lot of money to see these concerts, and then you talk through the whole thing. Yeah, it's like why? Well, yeah. I mean, what's that? That are you an like, introvert or an extrovert? I'm an extrovert. Are you? But I don't like people when I'm trying like to watch. I don't like you. people talking when I'm trying to watch a show. Okay. You know, it'd be like if someone was having a conversation. Whatever in the in the if you're t- trying to teach your classroom and uh-huh. trying to get the students' t- attention and you had two people having a I don't think you conversation you don't know what it's like being a teacher do well I'm just saying that you know okay, two especially people, at Mike's school two people are talking <laughs> we're good we're in a we're in a great place but I mean but the and even like like during Andrew the opening Andrew Bell when he was like he was like talking and you could hear the the yeah. just the cr- I mean it was so loud it was almost like they were just jabbering while he was where, where was this what's a venue? It, it's the Fillmore is that the Fillmore down Silver Spring so it holds a lot of people right yeah it's a good place so how much for the tickets 
I paid like twenty eight bucks a piece. There's twenty nine dollars a piece. You just need to up the price. Well, we we were saying, brothers, we paid a lot for those tickets, there and there were still a lot of people talking. Yeah. Oh, and it's a little bit probably a little bit different at this festival, I guess, because people have been there all day and aren't really there to see the Avid Brothers. Oh wait, oh, no, yeah, no, no. This whatever. is when we saw them at Pier Six. Remember? Oh yeah. And there was just the Avid Brothers. Yeah. True. No. no. And there was just people like yeah, that's some, right. There were people that had full blown that. conversations behind us. I'm like. Stay home. No, what's the? Yeah. What do you think is the association between the uh, talentless EDM and uh, the crowd that talks? I don't know. I don't Germans. know. I just, I just, <laughs> and, and, and I just, I just, I um, didn't notice. I couldn't understand any of their conversation. <laughs> I just went to a, like another concert recently, and 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 there was really just people. It was like really loud. They were just having this laughing and having their own good time while the band was up there playing. I'm just, I feel sorry for the band. Because I know, especially some of these other venues, they definitely can hear. Yeah. They can hear the people talking. Yeah. So at that it just becomes a paycheck, and then they don't like the. Crowd. But then, but then you do an encore. You lose a little bit of the magic of live music. Did they do an encore? Who? The, the crowd. Not Matt Carney. <laughs> he did do an encore, but we we actually left. <clears throat> we didn't go stay for the encore. Oh. Okay. I mean, it, it, there was two other bands, and and it took a while. We were so the we people standing, talking. We were just standing. Al- we were bands. standing a long time. Yeah. Yeah, UMBC was about to win a basketball game. That was the night that UMBC won, beat Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, but it was just, it was just like we're tired, and I don't know. I just, because I, I, I like to go there for for the music. I go there to see the music. I just go to see live live people doing live music performing. You know, I like that makes sense. That's that's for me. That I that is why I go to mm-hmm. to concerts. I mean, I could stay home and listen to, you know, I got a lot of records. I can listen to music all at my house all day long. But I like to see. Music being played by yeah, real people about and real musicians. The, yeah, there's yeah. something about going to see it live right. with other people. Now, I'm not the only one because I know that there's a, there's actually this this um this website called So Far Sounds I think it is and they have like secret shows like around around the world. Oh, there you go. Where that that is the key. I mean, they have like rules of if you're going to come to a concert, these are the rules you're going to abide by. You're not going to talk. There you go. You're not going to do this stuff. Because they're secret shows and, and they'll kick people out and they, and so you and they're they're very limited. They don't even tell you who's playing. You just kind of have to show up. Is there rules against smoking? Um, probably because they're, they're in people's homes and stuff like that. So it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot of home, home concerts, you know. So it's very intimate. And they have like big name people. You just don't know who you're gonna go see. So like David Grohl comes into your basement. It could. It could like, be people like so that. So Tim. Like Ed Sheeran has showed up showed up to a concert. I think oh, in D.C. Gosh. People paid like I don't know money. There's only like 20 or 30 people. They show up for this concert, and here's the living room. Here's Ed Sheeran playing the concert. You're like, okay. It's pretty cool. But so it's, it's trying to capture the intimacy you, yeah. of live music. And I know that, you know, when you get a big crowd, it's, it's good if they're there to enjoy the concert. Mm-hmm. But if they're there just to have a conversation, I'm like, there's other places you can go. I mean, you step outside and, you know, you can go grab a drink at a bar or a restaurant and have a conversation. And, and uh, there could be even music playing. But yeah. It's not a live musician who's up there trying to make a connection with the audience, and and if no one's giving them the time of day, it's it's, it's kind of rude, I think. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my dislike. First of all, if you're gonna if you're gonna be on stage, play an instrument at least. Yeah. Not, <laughs> just turn knobs on a on a on a on a machine, because that's not fun to watch. And if you're gonna go there, don't talk. Just be there for the, the yeah. For and the get musician. off Sim's lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think I'm the only one. You're not. Unless you're Ed Sheeran. You're a lot younger than me, and I think you yeah. don't like No, I, I think the, the Ava Brothers, I forgot about that, the, how bad it was at the Pier 6 show. We saw yeah. that. 
Um, and yeah, there were a lot of people talking. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, yeah, it was weird. Mm. I mean, because Ava Brothers are really trying to make a connection, and their music yeah. is, you know, they're pouring their hearts out, and the people are like, me, you know, it's like, stay home, save your money. You there know? you go. Wow. So that's my dislike. Um, Tiger Lace and Little Bow, you started off with talking about EDM, so I thought I'd. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that when you saw, was there flashy lights at least with the guy, the DJ you were saying, when everyone tried to, was there any like flashy lights, was there a disco yeah. ball, was there something? Well, because it's out, it was outside, uh, no. Okay, was there people dancing at least? Or yes, getting but they it? were, yeah. I mean, it's a, it was a festival. Almost like a rave kind of thing? It was in the middle of the day, which is weird, you know, mm. it's like, it's like high noon, and it's hot, it was in <laughs> June in Delaware, and it's like... People yeah. are standing in the... This, oh, it's very dusty in Dover, uh, I, apparently. <laughs> but, like, especially when you put 80,000 people stomping on the ground right. and it's dry, right. just choking to death on dust and other people's doobie smoke, right? Right. Well, uh, I went so, to, um, to when they had, like, they had, like, the Virgin Fest out at, um, at a, a Pimlico one year, mm-hmm. um, and I was, there was a... Uh, it was like 2005 or six or something like that. Mm-hmm. But st- uh, the police were, uh, when the police came back and did the reunion tour, and so they were the headlinings of day one. But right before the police, the band right before the police was the Beastie Boys, and right before that was like Ben Harper and Innocent Criminals. Mm-hmm. So I was making my way up to the front trying to get there for the police. And we went with Eric Hoffman. He was already up there in the front. He was like telling me where he was out. We were trying to meet up with some. So I was like right in the middle of this crowd. It was August in in in, yep. in Baltimore, you know, and it was dusty. And the Beastie Boys, you know, it was it was crazy. It was awesome though. It was awesome. Oh gosh! But it was so dusty, and my my glasses were fogging up, not because of just because of the amount of heat on all these human bodies sure. you know, crammed into this dusty place. Yeah. I definitely need a shower after that show. Yeah. But I was up there for the front for the police, so it was all worth it. Yeah, and the Beastie Boys were really good in live in concert. So I imagine. All right, we talked a lot about music and live music, so I think it's time to wrap this up and maybe go listen to some music. So <laughs> uh, thank you for for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Mike. I loved it. Um, and uh, hope you guys listen. If you go to iTunes, you can subscribe, you can rate, you can review, you can go to our Facebook page, you can talk about your favorite board games or your Favorite concert experiences are your worst concert favorite robots. Yeah, your concerns about the robot overlords taking over. Again, Um, not associated. (laughs) And uh, and we'll catch you next time. I'm Tim. And I'm Andrew. And And I'm Mike. (laughs) We'll see you later. It's a fake. It's a hoax. It's a nowhere road where no one goes anywhere. Anyhow, where you're following your heart rate down. She's a rose, she's a queen, but she's staring at a magazine in the dark, on that path where they doctor every phone.